Every week, Monsignor, Father Arnold, and myself, we try to have you know at least one or two kind of communal meals together. And uh, often it's Monsignor who does the cooking, uh, and he, he really enjoys doing it. It's kind of one of his ways that he shows uh, his love and appreciation for us. And uh, my role is I often kind of help out with the cooking, either as a sous chef or I just always take care of the grilling if we're doing any grilling. Uh, and uh, Father Arnold, he does the dishes and cleans up. So we, we all have our roles, and, um, and now this has kind of, become, kind of become the typical routine. Uh, but it wasn't always the case. Uh, I just remember one of our first kind of communal dinners was when Father Arnold first arrived and Monsignor and I just wanted to give it, uh, just plot all the stops, make it really just a really nice dinner. And so we just kind of really poured ourselves and all the preparations just to have this great delicious meal with Father Arnold to welcome him. And we had a great time. We got to know, you know, Father Arnold a little bit better over dinner. And um, when the meal was done, I just remember jumping to do the dishes right away. And uh, Father Arnold also being just very quick to offer his help in cleaning up. And uh, I told him I didn't have to. And I just kind of remember also just like pushing him away, be like, yeah, you know what? You're, you're kind of a guest, even though you're not, you will be working and we'll be on the same team. But I kind of just remember pushing him away. Uh, but he was persistent and, um, you know, twist my arm. I broke down and I let him help out. So... But, uh, you know, it wasn't until after kind of several communal dinners together that uh, I realized that I kind of just had to get out of the way of letting him take care of the dishes and the cleanup. Um, Father Arnold isn't much of a cook, and I know he wouldn't mind me saying that. And so the way that he kind of loves us is by taking on the unpleasant chores of, you know, doing the dishes and doing the cleanup. Jesus in the gospel uh, today tells his disciples that he must suffer and die in Jerusalem. And how does Peter respond? God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. To which Jesus rebukes him and says, get behind me, Satan. Doesn't that sound a bit harsh on Jesus' part? But is it really? When we understand that it is the will of the Father that his son should suffer and die to pay the debt of sin, that this is the greatest act of love he wants to perform for us, uh, that he is God and we are not. Perhaps then his words are not so harsh. Theologically speaking, the satanic refers to whatever mindset, choices, and actions themselves uh, set themselves against God's loving economy of salvation. And so Peter makes himself less of a rock and more of a stumbling block when he gets in the way of Jesus sacrificing himself for the love of all. The fundamental problem of discipleship that we learn from today's readings and gospel is that despite our ardent desire to serve God by following Jesus, we really still secretly harbor and nurture uh, an almost ineradicable uh, conviction that we know better than God, that we know how to love. Peter's error of saying that Christ will not have to suffer and die, he who is perhaps willing to even put himself in his place, comes, uh, this, kind of, this, this thing of Peter comes from an uninformed and defective love. I shared my story of getting in the way of Father Arnold helping with the dishes and taking on that burden uh, to kind of help illustrate 
how we can often get in the way and become stumbling blocks of love when we think we know the best way to love. Christ has clearly revealed his plan of salvation to us, and yet time and time again, uh, we get in the way when we assert that we know better. When we say we know what love is, and obviously suffering could not be a part of it. For example, I think these are things that we can find ourselves often saying. Um, God has commanded us to keep the Sabbath, uh, but sometimes we respond, you know how much I feel your presence, Lord, in nature, on the lake, on the golf course, so you probably don't mind me spending my time doing these things on Sunday instead of, worship, instead of worshiping you at church. God has commanded us to love our enemies, uh, but often I hear and we respond, uh, this president, that president, this politician, that politician, this pope, that pope, uh, this boss, that boss, my neighbor, um, you know how odious, Lord, they are. Uh, and so it's important that I disparage them in conversation and always just give a laundry list of their ills every time their name pops up in conversation. God has commanded us, you shall not kill, and instilled in us the protection of life from conception to natural death uh, through his church. But often and sometimes we, we find ourselves responding, uh, Lord, you know uh, how much my grandma is suffering. And I know you wouldn't want this for her. So I'm going to have um, them greatly increase the morphine and just quicken her death. You know, it's a mercy that I know you would want to extend to her. How often do we find ourselves telling God that we know how things should be done? Jesus' exhortation to Peter for him to get out of the way and behind him is also an invitation for us to pick up our own crosses and follow him. And we can either remain in the way and be a stumbling block or get behind him and follow him. To pick up the cross is to trust that God is greater and wiser than us, and he knows our circumstances uh, better than we know ourselves, and therefore is better capable of structuring every minute of our lives in the best way. Salvation is not achieved by saying, I did it my way, but saying, I did it your way.